0: Wrestling Reverb is a part of the Pulse Podcast Network. Pulse Podcast Network provides you with the best variety of podcasts on the web, from sports such as the WWE and NBA, all the way through to Dungeons & Dragons podcasts and anything in between. Head on over to pulsepodcastnetwork.com or you can download the Pulse Podcast app, which is available on both Apple devices and Android devices. Hello everyone, welcome to Wrestling Reverb. It is, as you've seen on social media, it is a kind of a new time for this this show, this podcast, because um, 35 episodes in, or however many I've done at this stage, um, I knew that eventually I always wanted to have a co-host. It was just finding the kind of right person to do it, and just someone that I just naturally kind of gelled with, and... That isn't just a total a-hole. And um, as most of you that are listening now have probably listened to my Royal Rumble recap. Um, and I had a lovely, lovely guy on there. Um, and we kind of been chatting back and forth the last maybe week and a half or so. And we kind of come to the decision. I was like, I think this is probably the right person to go with this with the co-host. He kind of has the same kind of ideas and kind of excitement and as I do as... In just presenting the best kind of, um, podcast and just having a nice, natural, fun conversation. Um, so please, if, if, if you didn't listen to the Royal Rumble recap, I would suggest pausing this right now, going back and listening. Um, but for anyone that didn't, uh, Kevin, would you please uh, introduce yourself to, to the, to the world as you kind of get a bit more familiar with podcasting and wrestling reverb in general?
1: Yes, certainly. First off, uh, thank you, Josh, for having me on here and inviting me to be your co-host. This is a huge honor for me. I'm really excited to get started with this and to take this podcast to the next level. It's a a new day. Yes, it is. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, like you said, my name's Kevin Carroll. I'm the editor-in-chief of The Last Blogger Standing. I'm a contributor to Diva Dirt and to The Chair Shot. Uh, I've done a lot of writing a lot of wrestling writing and I'm looking to branch out. So now this opportunity has presented itself and I'm looking to take it and run with it. Uh, I I loved my appearance on the Royal Rumble show. Again, if you haven't checked that out, uh, be sure to check that out either now, pause this, go check that out or check it out afterwards because we had a great time and we're going to have the, the, the great times. are going to keep rolling. I'm positive in that. So uh, yeah, I mean, just I'm just a kid who likes wrestling, likes likes to talk, likes to write. Likes to con- likes to converse with other like minded wrestling fans, and I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, well, I'm really excited to have you. As we've kind of, as I kind of alluded to before, we've been chatting back and forth on Twitter, and I just thought I haven't really had that. We had such a natural conversation for our Royal Rumble recap. We could have literally talked for hours and hours more. So yeah, it I just, like
1: it, it felt like it, it blew by.
0: Yeah, and I believe we talked for at least two hours at least, I I don't know, the, but even in our, like, pre-chat and stuff, before we recorded the Royal Rumble recap, we were talking for quite a while, and, you know, it doesn't seem um, unnatural, I, you know, anyone who talks to someone they've never met before, they've never talked to before, it can get awkward very fast, and I just don't think we ever really had that, so that was kind of a bit of a signal for me to go, I, he, like, you Kevin obviously has a very um, natural ability to talk about wrestling, and I think—I um, mean—you can speak on this a lot better than I can. But um, I think you're probably looking to get into podcasting, maybe. Yeah, I think this year uh,
1: with the with the start of the new year, one of my biggest goals for myself as like a wrestling fan and as like a personality is to branch out more into the podcasting world. I've always been a fan. I've listened to I've listened to a bunch of your shows. I've listened to tons of tons of wrestling podcasts consuming as much content as I can just sort of seeing you know how it goes what goes into it what works and what doesn't and I like to think that I I am going to bring something pretty uh pretty valuable to the show
0: yeah definitely it's always nice to um have just another voice on this show a permanent voice that will just always be here as well and as we get you know used to each other as well um I think we will have a lot of fun. There'll be, especially leading up, I think this is kind of um, the perfect time to ha- to bring in a co-host. As I said, I've done about 30, 35 episodes. I'm not exactly sure, but... Um I think it was the perfect time with, this is my first Mania season as a podcaster. Um, I think we'll have a lot to talk about in in terms of leading up to Mania, you know, just going back on old Manias and as we lead into this year's Mania, I just think it was the right time and the right person to do this with. So I'm I'm just really excited. Generally, I'm just really, really excited to see who this leads to and to kind of take it to the next step because... Um, I feel like this podcast for a little while, especially in the last couple of months, I've really gained a little bit of steam with some things. And I'm not saying I'm huge or anything. I'm definitely not a big podcast at all, but I've definitely seen, you know, just different things. And just the comfortability has gotten so much better. And you will kind of um, learn as you kind of do more podcasts. You'll get more comfortable with this. You'll, you know, it'll it'll just become more and more natural to do this. So I'm just really excited to... Have you on and, yeah, just kind of take things up a little bit. Take things up a notch and, yeah, just have a friend to talk about wrestling with, really, at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, man, that's what it boils down to is just two guys talking about wrestling, talking about something they love. And you made a great point. We're on the road to WrestleMania. It's hot. It's hot right now. This is the right time to get into wrestling. This is the right time to get into the game if you're, uh, if you're looking for something to, be, to occupy your time between football and baseball season. It's wrestling season right now.
0: Yeah, and um, not only that, I've had, you know, a few guests on in the last, you know, couple of weeks um, with Brian and stuff like that. He's even been messaging me. He wants to come on and kind of chat with you as well. So Ooh. we'll still have guests come on from time to time, especially leading into Mania. Um, There's going to be, I think, we'll have a lot of content to produce leading up to Mania. So I don't think it's going to be an issue of what to talk about because there's going to be so much to do. Yeah. Um and also I will kind of remind everyone um Reverb, Reverb Rewind is still coming. I'm just in the um just working out a few little kinks on how I'm going to do it. Um for anyone that hasn't kind of followed my social media um and you as well Kevin I'll kind of explain why I'm on here. Um Reverb Rewind will be coming. It's going to be taking a look at cla- uh, you know, past WWE events from any kind of um, era and stuff like that. It's going to be completely fan, uh, like, all on social media. There will be um, four every week to choose from, four different classic pay-per-views. You will vote, and then Kevin and I uh, will sit down, we will watch the show, we'll take a few notes, and just like our Royal Rumble recap, we'll go back and recap the show, Um and especially if it's a, you know a past WWE event because we're not living in the now we can kind of judge it for what exactly what it is instead of being like oh it's leading to this it's leading to this it's kind of it is what it is and also i know for me um you'll probably be the same it's a chance to go back and watch wrestling so it's just another excuse <laughs> to watch more wrestling than we probably should
1: <laughs> yeah you don't have to tell me twice to go back and watch <laughs> watch wrestling uh, that's that's not a job description. That's a fun description. <laughs> and I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to looking forward to getting those done too. Uh, I, I love I love going back. And you make a great point. I love going back and watching the old pay per views because we have we have the benefit of hindsight now, mm-hmm. and we sort of know what happened afterwards. So like you, you might see a booking decision that you're like, well, that that didn't work out in the long run, but to see it play out, you know, live fifteen some odd years ago, it's a really it's a really unique. Uh, perspective we get as wrestling fans to be able to go back and dissect wrestling from
0: all eras. Yeah, I agree. And not that this podcast is sponsored by the WWE Network, but hey, we're always looking. Um, WWE Network is perfect for that because you can literally just watch any past uh, pass WWE event. So, um, you know, and involving other people to vote and stuff like that is just encouraging. And I just wanted something a little bit different instead of just the standard you know, just talking about what's kind of going on now. Let's go back and we'll watch some old pay-per-views and yeah, just have fun talking about wrestling. Um, And, you know, I'm, I like to consider myself pretty, like I'm, I'm pretty knowledgeable when it comes to wrestling. So, but even, you know, all of us do, we forget things that happen. We just kind of put things in the back of our brain, especially as we go back in the time. Um But, You know, you mentioned on the Royal Rumble recap show that you've been a wrestling fan since 2006, I believe you said? Yep. Um, So, obviously, you've gone back and watched other things and, you know, you know you kind of deal with wrestling, but even for someone like you who wasn't a wrestling fan before that, it'll be fun to go back and watch pay-per-views from, you know, 99, the year 2003, whatever it may may be. And especially for me, too, because I was only a kid when they were, you know, happening live and... Um, stuff like that, so it'll be really fun. I think.
1: Yeah, no, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, and you're and you're right. Going back to watch the old pay per views before I was a wrestling fan is always a kick because you get to see you see familiar faces, you see people, you see guys you've never heard of. You see matches you may never have. They they may be off your radar, but you never know because some of those old matches were really good. and We don't talk about them as much as we talk about more recent matches. Yeah. Because of the explosion of wrestling podcasting, and wrestling media, we have more platforms to talk about stuff like that. But it's cool to go back and watch those old shows and compare them to shows from, you know, today.
0: Yeah, I agree. And especially with Mania coming up, I'm sure we'll have some uh, Mania-driven ones as well. So we'll go back and watch some old Manias, which is fun leading up to WrestleMania. It's something I do... Every kind of Mania season, I try to go back and watch a couple of WrestleManias from years past just to get me in the mood for Mania this year.
1: I do the same thing. I, I try to watch as many Manias as I could squeeze in. Uh, it's mm-hmm. tough. They're long, especially
0: mm-hmm.
1: now. Uh, I, I Again, it's not a bad thing.
0: Oh, no. Um. So, as we kind of, you know, we're discussing what's kind of going to be the best way to start, you know, you on here and... um just get this journey. I thought we need to get to know Kevin. We need to know how he thinks about wrestling, what his kind of things are. So I thought the best way to do this, I've done this once on the at the very one of the very first episodes of this podcast. I sat down with a local friend of mine, Ryan. Um, we sat down, we wrote down a bunch of wrestling things. We cut them all up. We put them into a hat. And we just drew them out one by one and talked about wrestling. Gave us our thoughts on that little... Um, That little snippet. So I thought with Kevin, let's do the same thing. Um, I'll chime in as well. Don't worry. Um, But I've just wrote down a lot. Like we will not get through all of these. We'll get through a lot of them, but we won't get through all of these. But I just thought, what a great way to get to know Kevin and how he kind of portrays wrestling and his kind of um, his kind of views on wrestling. Does that sound cool with you, Kevin?
1: Oh my god! Yeah, I'm excited, lad. I'm on the hot seat, but it feels good.
0: <laughs> All righty, so let's get started. Let's draw out the first little one. Let's see what we start with. Oh, this is this is fitting for now. Women main eventing WrestleMania—is it overdue?
1: Oh, it's long overdue. It really is long overdue. Especially these last couple of years with the pure talent the heart, the determination, the drive, the grit, the whatever you could throw any word in there and it would fit. But just with how how much ass these ladies have kicked the, the last couple of years and even going back before that when they were, you know, they were getting the 2-minute matches, they were getting the bathroom break matches and people really didn't care about women's wrestling to see how far it's come since then. Just to, to see that, like this year, we have a very, very likely scenario in which women will be main eventing WrestleMania. If you go back and you ask a wrestling fan from like 15 years ago, "Hey, do you think women will ever be in the main event of Mania?" They'll laugh right in your face. Women don't even get on Mania half the time. They they, they didn't. The last couple of years has been you know two uh, there's a couple of a couple of really great matches we've seen the last couple of years. It's really a stark contrast from what we've been used to. And so I'm super excited. I think this is the right blend of talent, timing, and uh, just situ- the situation is right for women to be inventing WrestleMania now.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, Why I do think it's overdue, I also think it's exactly the right time. Um, I do think that women have, like you said, have busted their ass. They really have deserved this spot for a little while, but I do think there's no there's been no hotter story than, than Becky and Ronda. Um, mm-hmm. So I do think that this is the right time. Um, yes, to a certain degree, I do believe it's overdue as well. Um, but to be honest, um, yeah, it's a big deal that women are main eventing WrestleMania, but there's no real hotter story in all of, and at least WWE at the moment, um, in terms of a main event of WrestleMania. It's almost... In the back of my head, that it's women main eventing WrestleMania. This is just the deserved mm-hmm. main event.
1: Yeah, it's it's it's. Any other year, it may have seemed like it may have seemed forced if they were trying to slide the women into the main event slot. It may have seemed like almost just gratuitous. Mm. But this year, this is the hottest story in wrestling: Ronda Rousey and Becky Lynch. This is the main event. I don't think there's
0: a person out there who would disagree right now. If you if you do, you're you're blind, honestly, because. If- if you do Whether you're just a mad twi- you're a mad twitterer. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, anyone could see um that this is the hottest story. Whether you even, you know, there is people there is obviously people that aren't fans of Ronda, there's obviously people that aren't fans of Becky. if you're not a fan of these two ladies, um it's definitely even even the people that aren't fans have to see through that okay, I may not like this, but this is what needs to happen. This is the main event. Mm-hmm. This is what's there's no if there was a hotter story than Becky and Rhonda, I would you know be the first to admit okay maybe this isn't the time this isn't the hottest story but this really is the hottest story going since since November really
1: and you make a great point too with the with fans you know you don't have to be a fan of Rhonda and you don't have to be a fan of Becky to appreciate what they're doing at this point if you fail to see the significance of what they're doing and you fail to see the crowd reaction and you fail to see just how how just how awesome these ladies are doing week in and week out. I think you're purposely trying to
0: trying to look away at this point. I I think it's just you can't miss these two. No. I agree with you completely. Um there's not really much more to say on that just because it is what it is and if it doesn't to be honest, if 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 they're really I don't think the company at all is against putting women in the main event of WrestleMania at all. But if it doesn't happen this year, I don't think it ever will.
1: I agree. I think this is the perfect storm. Uh, like I said before, this, the timing is right. The talent is right. The situation is right. You have all these all these ingredients just perfectly blending together for a, a knockout WrestleMania main event. And it just so happens to be Ronda and Becky. It's not like, wow, women are main eventing WrestleMania. It's the main event of WrestleMania is... Just happens to include women because it's the main event story in That's professional right. wrestling right now. I agree.
0: Uh, let's get out the next one. Ooh, this is this is a very get to know Kevin one favorite match of all time.
1: Whew. Okay, I I knew this one was going to be in there somewhere, so <laughs> I have spent some time thinking about this, and I have two answers uh, based on two different sort of sentiments: uh, Undertaker and Triple H from WrestleMania twenty eight. The Hell in a Cell match yeah. it was always going to be probably my favorite match ever just because of the story behind it, the end of an, the whole end-of-an-era thing. Undertaker's trying to get to 20-0. Triple H is trying to do what, what he couldn't do, what Shawn Michaels couldn't do. You had the Cell. It was on the grand stage, WrestleMania. It just – everything clicked, and the match itself was fantastic. Had probably the best near-fall I've ever seen where uh, Undertaker kicked out of not just the Sweet Chin music but the pedigree as well. Got the two-count. I remember watching that. I thought it was over. I thought the match was over. Everyone I was watching with thought the match was over. I, I couldn't I couldn't even breathe after he kicked out of that. It's a brilliant so that's, match. <laughs> that's brilliant match. Brilliant story. And then the other one more recently, uh, a different for different reasons, I'd say Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada from Wrestle Kingdom 11 because that was my very first New Japan show. Not just my first Wrestle Kingdom. That was my first time ever watching New Japan and boy uh could i have not could i have picked a better night no i could not have because that match for you know, 47 minutes just things i've never seen before omega and okada were doing things that i never thought possible in a wrestling ring and to hold my attention for 47 minutes and just to be you know classic just classic spot classic spot great storytelling great everything about it was just firing on all cylinders and it's, it's to, that match basically told me, I got to start watching these, this New Japan, because these guys are up to stuff.
0: Yeah, I, that was actually my first New Japan experience as well, was that night, so, um, that's a funny coincidence, but I do remember watching that and being like, god dang, like this is, this is some incredible stuff, like it is very, very good, and just going back to, um, Triple H and Taker, I was exactly the same. On that near fall, I thought it was over, and so did everyone else that I was sitting in the room watching it with.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: we all we were screaming, hooping, and hollering.
1: That match created such an incredible atmosphere.
0: Yeah, and just the story of that match. Like, um, I love storytelling in a match as much as anybody else, and that is a perfect example of just perfect storytelling. It's just the... That that kick out, especially, you know, he had Sean bouncing around the ring, putting his, you know, what has he done? Then Triple H couldn't believe it. And just even Taker just lying on the ground. Like, you know, just, it's just, it is just a near, a close to perfect match. Yeah. Um,
1: That was the best instance of of something that came to define Taker over the last couple years of his streak was that you could hit him with just about anything, but you couldn't quite put him away. And that was about as close as we ever saw before. WrestleMania
0: 30 when he did get put away that was um I mean that match itself was it amazing I don't think so but just the significance of it I just remember watching that and just my mouth was just wide open like like anybody like what the hell have we just seen um yeah um, it just talking about that briefly do you think that was the right decision
1: no. No, I don't. Um, and it's, it's easy to say that just because I was always a big Undertaker fan and I wanted the streak to live on forever. In a perfect world for me, I would have had Taker retire after having uh, a cell match with Triple H because it would have been 20-0, a nice little, nice little round number. The end of an era would have meant so much more. That tagline would have meant so much more if that had been really the end of an era. But we got more after that, and while Taker and Punk had a great match the next year to make it 21-0, I really thought that Taker should have gone out with the number still intact, and I just it just broke my heart to see him lose the way he did.
0: Yeah, I I, I don't know, I I always go back and forth on whether it was the right thing to do or not. Um, in a way, I agree with you because it really he really should have went out with the number intact and why he was still performing at a level that he was you know stealing the show at mania um but then i see the other thing is like would brock have the run he had if he if he didn't break the streak so i mean it does it did take away undertaker's kind of mystique to a certain degree he's still the undertaker he still has a presence of course but it added to brock lesnar a lot like there is no one else that can say they broke the streak. Um, Brock you're, Lesnar. No, yeah, you're,
1: you're right. Yeah. I, I see your point. I would just argue that I, I personally think even if Lesnar lost that match to Taker, I think if he still comes back and and rips through John Cena at SummerSlam later that year, the way he like the way he did, I still, I, I don't, I still think he makes himself into a a mega star.
0: Oh, I, I definitely. It's definitely always. It's always going to be a situation, a, a topic that's going to be argued, no matter what. You're never going to yes. get two people that just, just like, I 100% agree with you. Um, but like no, I said, I go, I, I go back and forth all the time on whether it was the right thing. I just remember watching that mania. Um, I just come back from a holiday. I was like, time changes were all like crazy, and I was just an emotional wreck because, as you are when you're tired, and I just remember just watching that and being like what is going on? <laughs> like, But it was, uh, regardless of anything, it'll be a moment I never forget.
1: Yeah, I, I remember exactly. It's one of those things, you, you you know where you were. You remember where you were when, when Undertaker lost the streak. I, I was at a party with a bunch of my friends watching the show, and when the ref counted three, he counted the pinfall, uh, no one said a word for maybe five minutes. We were all just in shock.
0: It It did, um... I remember the match after, I believe it was like a big Divas match. Maybe. It was. It was like it, the Divas Invitational. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, I love women's wrestling to bits. I love it. And even I couldn't get involved in that match. Um, I was just like, what have we just seen? I just remember, I I don't think the crowd were very impressed um, as they weren't. They kind of picked back up when Brian kind of got the big win. Um, it would have been interesting to see what that crowd done if Brian didn't win because if he didn't win, I we would definitely be having a very different feeling towards WrestleMania 30.
1: Oh my god. If Brian doesn't win that match, WrestleMania 30 probably goes down as an absolute disaster. Yeah. Uh it's it's funny that you actually mentioned that match too. It was because of I think there might have been 20, 25 people at this little WrestleMania party I was at. 24 of them were rooting for Daniel Bryan, and then there was me rooting for my guy, Batista. Oh. <laughs> but in, in retrospect, I'm very glad Daniel Bryan won.
0: Oh, it just it was, it made way too
1: much sense.
0: Yeah, it was um the literal only option that they had to end WrestleMania on a high note. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. we'll kind of it- move on, because we kind of digress, but what's next? Let's have a look. Oh know how you'll feel about this one is it time for total divas to end
1: honestly i haven't even i I mean i stopped watching total divas a couple of seasons ago i don't really know what the allure is anymore Uh, i feel like that i feel like that was a show that was for a different time in women's wrestling i feel like that was more for the divas era as, as evidenced by the name of said show total divas and now total bellas is the the spin off and you know I don't think they're ever I don't think I think I don't know if they're ever going to end it because you know you, you keep rotating in new cast members and there's always going to be people that want to know what their lives li- are like outside the ring but if it were up to me personally I would have ended the show I would have ended the show a couple of years ago I, I I I don't know what numbers it does anymore I don't know exactly who's tuning in but obviously I'm not like a huge I'm not the TV executives who decide to renew it because obviously it does enough ratings to warrant renewal. So I can't say for, so I can't say for certainty that like no one watches the show, but I know I used to watch it every week and now I, I couldn't care less about it.
0: I'm the same. I used to, I haven't watched it in two, three seasons. Um, I, I completely agree with you. Um, do you think it did its job of bringing in another audience to wrestling or do you think it's just more so, for the most part the you know um the people that watch total divas are just going to watch total divas
1: i i think that i think that um largely people just watch total divas and don't gravitate to wrestling but i know that especially at first uh, I, I knew some friends of mine uh, who didn't watch wrestling, but they started to watch Total Divas, and they they, they had an uh, they had an idea of what was going on. They weren't like wrestling fans by any stretch. After the show came out, but they at least wanted to know what was going on with their with their favorite characters from Total Divas. So I think it it really deserves some credit for for introducing uh, women's wrestling to a new audience. I just don't know if it kept that audience uh, as as well as it probably could have. I don't think it like created a whole new generation of diehard women's wrestling fans.
0: No, I agree with you completely. Um, I think I, I personally think like you, I think it's run its course. I think they've with anything, with any entertainment industry thing, they milk it dry. They really try to get everything out of it as they can. So I do think it has run its course. I think Total Divas will eventually come to an end, but I don't think Total Bellas is going anywhere for a little while because obviously Nikki and Brie are probably the you know the mainstream stars out of that show, and they're obviously not wrestling all the time, so they yeah do they this. have they have the yeah.
1: time to devote to the show exactly. And I think I, I,
0: yeah you're right. The Bellas
1: were the, the Bellas were very clearly positioned as the stars of Total Divas. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty apparent from the start. It was only a matter of time before they got their own show. And people are always going to be intrigued, especially with like, all the people around the Bellas. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the, the whole John Cena fiasco still uh, carries some water. You get to see Daniel Bryan, you get to see Johnny Laurinaitis. I think that's. I think that in and of itself is fun for people. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Total Bellas is going to have a pretty long shelf life.
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely. Um, people seem to be pretty enamored with. Th- the twins to be honest so um i have no problem whether total divas or total bellas was to stay it really makes no difference to me but it doesn't bob no um it's just more so you know how much longer can we go on with this i think i believe they're going into maybe their eighth season seventh season something like that but Uh, it's it's, it's, crazy yeah
1: Yeah,
0: i mean i will i will say this
1: that um i when you when you debut a show about women's wrestling on the E Network, I'm so I didn't I don't think I don't think I gave it much of a chance at first. No, so if it's heading into seven or eight seasons, I will I will give it uh, a hell of a lot of credit for having some staying power.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, have you seen about that new show they're doing to look for another female superstar? I believe it's yeah. going on E. Um, it, I don't know. Were you a fan of Tough Enough? Did you believe I just I get a really weird feeling towards those kind of shows because the track record of having someone from say a Tough Enough isn't great. Like, um I know you've got Mandy Rose and Sonia Deville, they came from Tough Enough, but it's just um and Velveteen, of course, but I mean those shows <laughs> yeah. have such a stigma.
1: Yeah, here's the thing about about Velveteen, Mandy, and Sonia was that uh, none of them won, no. which is crazy to think about now, given how much success they've all enjoyed. But no one remembers Sarah, Sarah Lee won the last season of Tough Enough, yeah. and she stunk. Yeah. But with a show like that, you put the you put the power in the fans' hands, and they're I, I don't always trust the fans to be Neither quite do honest. I. But I remember I, I pegged Patrick Clark, now known as Velveteen Dream. I pegged him to win from the start. The fact that he didn't win was crazy.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: But he got eliminated on such a technique. Like I forget what it was, but he, even they knew that they were making the wrong decision, sending him home. Yeah, Jericho to him afterwards. He had the he gave him the little speech about how he's going to be back, and here he is, and he's one of the biggest stars in the industry. Yeah, uh, those shows, yeah,
0: they they're, they're not Star Maker shows for me. Nah, they're not. I'm um, sure you find stars within the show, but um, I hope that this... I know WWE will do it regardless, but I do think it'll be in the fans' hands, which I really hope it's not. I would rather it be manufactured from a business standpoint or just the talent scouting standpoint. But at the end of the day, it's a reality show. They need to, you know, produce content. So... I mean, it is what it is. Um, Will I tune in? I mean, probably. I kind of give anything with WWE Association a chance. So, Mm -hmm. um, to me, to a certain degree, it is a wrestling show. So, I mean, I'll probably watch it for the most part, but it's not like I'm out of here going, oh, the winner of this is going to be, you know, the next Becky Lynch. I just, sure, it could happen, but um, I don't really go into those shows with that kind of mindset. Um so What was that? Let's... Oh sorry, I, I
1: didn't hear what you were saying there. Oh can you hear me now? What? Yeah, no, I can hear you.
0: I was I was briefly distracted. <laughs> That's all good. <laughs> we'll go on to the next topic. Let's have a look. Oh. Who are you hopeful one day will come back to the WWE? Who am I? Oh, okay.
1: That's a good question, because there's 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 answers that I think people I think there there are some obvious answers, and I think there's my answer, which I, I, you know, right off the top of my head, one guy I hope comes back uh, is Batista, and Batista's been one of my favorite. Batista's probably been my second favorite wrestler since I started watching, but only behind Rey Mysterio. I've always loved him. I hated seeing him go in 2010, and his run back in 2014, like we briefly briefly touched on before where he was... uh, he was there at WrestleMania, but he—it was largely a a failed run, I'd say, in terms of they—they they tried to push him as a face at first. That didn't work. The fans turned on him pretty quick. It turned pretty hostile. Uh, I'd love to see him come back, and and you know the rumors are always going to be out there that he you know for Batista, Batista I think wants to, to come back and finish up. Yeah, I agree, and I love this. I'd love to see him come back and just get one more run to sort of erase the stigma of that last run, because that that left a bad taste in my mouth.
0: I think it did with a lot of people, to be honest. Um, Batista is someone, especially in his last run, like like you kind of mentioned, he copped a lot of slack in that last run, and was it really warranted? I don't think so. He was still performing at the same kind of level he was when he was around, you know, full-time, and I don't think it was um, warranted at all, but I, he has mentioned several times that he wants to kind of come back, have one more little run and, you know, I think to him erase that kind of comeback that he did in 2014, just because it just, it went the way it did and it is what it is. But Batista's one that I always kind of have in the back of my mind. Have you got any more?
1: Yeah, here's a, here's a bit slightly more obscure well, not obscure, but a slightly smaller name. Uh, Damien Sandow. Oh, yes. I was a huge Damien Sandow fan in his run. The intellectual savior gimmick was one of my favorite things about weekly WWE television. And I really think he got like the short end of the stick in his entire tenure uh, from losing money in the bank to being turned into a joke. And the thing is he ran with everything they gave him and he got over, you know, imitating people. He got over pretending to be Hulk Hogan or Monster Man Randy Savage despite... Just some awful. He was the Miz's stunt double, and he made that a phenomenon. Like the guy's a great worker. Mm. Guy, the guy is really good with what they give him, and I, I really didn't like the way he just sort of. They just sort of let him go. It didn't feel right. He went to Impact
0: briefly. Uh, and now I don't know what he's doing, but I'd love to see him get one more run too. Yeah, he's he he was always a very underutilized talent. Um, Sandow was great. That Miz Dow stuff was hilarious. He did oh, a yeah. fantastic job in that. Props to him and Miz for that, because that was fun. It was just... That was the f- just pure fun. There was nothing, um, you know, weird about it or anything. It was just fun to watch. It was. Um, for A me, lot of times we
1: forget that wrestling is supposed
0: to be fun. Yeah, I know. People seem to... Especially on the internet. You've seen it. I've seen it. People suck the fun out of wrestling and just focus so much on what's wrong, what they could, they could do better. Just sometimes... You just got to sit back and enjoy the ride for what it is, whether you agree with it or not, just take the journey and you'll enjoy wrestling so much more. Um, the internet sucks yeah. a lot of fun out of not only wrestling, but everything, but wrestling yeah, especially. Say, it's not
1: just wrestling. Yeah. It's a, it's a everything type of epidemic. The internet just is a, it's a minefield
0: of, 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 rage and people are oh, so man. angry all the time on the internet and it's just like, calm down. It'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah. Um, So for me, I have a couple. Um, My first one, I'll always answer this first, is Wade Barrett. I would love to see Wade Barrett come back because he was someone that was always, if there was, you know, that upper mid-card status that just couldn't, no matter what happened, he just couldn't quite get to the next stage. He was always on the cusp and he was always someone everyone looked at as, you know, he could be a world champion. He could really do some really great things. And then, you know, he, he kind of just, you know, fell I think he fell out of love with wrestling a little bit, to be honest, or just out of, fell out of love with WWE. Um, that yeah, speaking, that's um, fair. With
1: some of the stuff, that he, he's definitely someone I thought was going to be the WWE yeah. champion someday. I thought he was going to beat Cena for it, which is a huge rub. Yeah, But after, he just sort of, after, he did really good work, even at, like, obviously the Nexus was fantastic. And then, you know, he was the I used Intercontinental Champion a bunch of times, ran a couple other stables. He was always relevant. Yeah. And he always did good. He was in a very sandow esque in a way where he with what he was given, he did very well with. The bad news Barrett thing, that that, that should have been a failure,
0: but he made that into something that was something you looked forward to every week. Yeah, it was just something that popped up and it was just like, Yep, this is great. I think the um the King Barrett stuff hurt more than helped, as it's done with a few other people but that's always the first name that'll pop into my head um as someone I want to have to come back to the WWE and I feel like if he come back I think he'd be a bigger deal than before but that's just my point of view but it may not be that at all but um and the other person is I will I will always think of her as well is Beth Phoenix I want Beth Phoenix to have Ooh, one more yeah. little run as I just think Beth was in a time where I wish she was in her prime now because she was such an... I just think the world of Beth Phoenix. I think she's an incredible worker that was around at the wrong time. Um, She really...
1: She fits in more with this generation of women. She wasn't a diva. She was a woman. And Um, she, she really was in the wrong time.
0: Yeah, and I just think she's just... I just think her psychology in the ring, she knew exactly what to do. If you go back and even watch Beth's matches... With any of the girls, she could bring anyone up. She knew exactly what to do and when. And I just think Beth is one um, that would be perfect now. And I'm not saying like a long, you know, run. She's definitely, you know, transitioned into more of a different role. You know, she does, I think she does great work as a commentator. I I think Beth is not Mm -hmm. really one that we talk about enough in terms of her commentary because, I don't think Beth Phoenix was ever known for cutting like the most amazing promos, but Beth is, I think she's fairly natural in the commentary field. She did a great job at the May Young classic. She did a great job at evolution. Um, she was a commentator for the Royal rumble. Um, you know, we, you know, a lot of people, I don't personally, but a lot of people don't see a lot with Renee's commentary. I don't think Renee is bad by any means. I just think she's learning on the job. Um,
1: yeah, she kind of got yeah.
0: kind of got tossed into the fire pretty yeah. quickly. Or did I don't have a
1: problem with her? I, no. For me, if 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 I'm complaining about the commentary, it's got to be bad because yeah. I, I don't put too terribly much stock into it. Um, I, I try to just I try to focus on the wrestling. And yeah. If they, if they if they make it to a point where I have to focus on the commentary, and it's not like that hasn't happened, you know, recently, relatively, but if that's the case, then yeah, it's bad. But I don't think Renee is too bad. And I think Beth, particularly in the May Young Classic, which is my, uh, a, lot, a lot of people's first exposure to her yeah. on commentary. But I thought she she had – she's such a, a natural wrestling mind. Yeah. That she knows what she's talking about in there. She clearly did her homework on just about everybody. And she really – she really uh, her and Cole and Renee played off each other well. The three of them did. Cole I had heard. a lot of fun in the Mae Young Classic. It was very apparent.
0: I love the Mae Young Classic in general. I thought um, the Mae Young Classic was fantastic. The commentary added to it, um, like you said, um, commentary is something that I can tune out. I can; it's kind of background noise. But um, also agreeing with you is if it's if it is really apparent that they're you know arguing or just taking away from the match, I do hear it and it does piss me off yeah. a lot when I do hear it. But I mean, I have no problem with Renee. I think it's because I like Renee's personality. I just think she is just a, you know, a fun personality. So I think mm-hmm. that does add into the fact that of her commentary. But like you said, she's tossed into the fire. She She's learning on the job. Beth, you know, with the difference of her and Beth is Beth's not on Raw every week. You know, she's doing, you know, Mayon classic. Evolution. She did the Rumble. I believe she did the Mixed Match Challenge. Maybe, um, but I don't know. yeah. She she. There's a difference, but Beth is someone that I'd like to see have just a little mini run. Maybe a match with Nia Jax. that'd be fun? Um, I don't think it'd be the most amazing match ever, but I do think it'd be fun just for what they. Could
1: it'd, be do like cool, it'd be a cool. It'd be a cool showcase of strength, and like I yeah. bet Beth would still go. I, there's I don't yeah. think there's a doubt that just seeing her in the in last year's rumble just seeing the shape she's still in i, I
0: wouldn't i wouldn't I'd li- i would mind seeing her give it one more go too yeah she's should be fun to see um moving on what do we got next Ooh. is wrestling still cool and is it, is it in the mainstream again or is wrestling still you know that weird other kind of entertainment
1: I think I think we're getting away from that uh, more and more. I still think there's always going to be a subset of people that think wrestling is for like boogery and nerds who, you know, just don't that that's you know they don't have lives. They're they're weird. They watch wrestling. I think that'll always be a thing. But I do think that more and more wrestling is becoming accepted in the mainstream. I think it started with ESPN picking up wrestling back in 2005. 15, mm-hmm. uh get you know featuring featuring you know going to wrestlemania tweeting about it featuring it on sports center i think that opened a lot of people's eyes to like that this is you know this isn't the worst thing in the world wrestling's not that bad it's pretty cool actually and i think that since then it's gotten a lot more mainstream press i think it's begun i think it's gotten cooler i think like i think even like fan- i think fans i think kids i think people out there are growing back coming back to wrestling that like, they may have been fans as kids fell out of it when it became uncool because there's there was a time where wrestling probably wasn't the coolest thing to watch i i was i've been there i was oh, there yeah. uh but people gravitate back and i think people are gravitating back now because of the mainstream attention wrestling gets wrestlemania is like everyone watches wrestlemania though. yeah everyone um even the rumble like everyone like people are people i i, I know that never have watched wrestling and call me you know they're in they're in rumble pools they're yeah, you know, they're like, oh, who's this guy? Is he going to win? What well, is this a good number? People are people are getting into it, and they care more than we might think.
0: Yeah, I agree with you because even I had people that I didn't even know watch wrestling at all. They were watching the Rumble, and I was getting messages on Facebook just because they know I'm a wrestling fan. Hey, is this good? What's kind of they were similar to you in Raw Rumble kind of pools and they had numbers and stuff like that they're like oh what's the statistic on this number and stuff like that so the rumble and mania people know and they watch especially mania um i'll have more people going oh like what's going on like can you catch me up at all which is fun yeah. i like i like that um there is a sense i don't know how it is for you but i get like this um it almost i feel not that I'm the type of person that like oh I'm not going to watch it because it's mainstream like I'm not that type of person at all but there is almost a s- sense for me as a wrestling fan that it's almost cooler that not everyone is watching it because it's this mm-hmm. own kind of thing in my mind that's like why aren't more people watching this so in a weird way it's like my own little thing that people know that I watch it and I like being that person that's like, yeah, come to me for wrestling knowledge or come to me for, you know, what you want to know about wrestling. Um, but I do think that it's in this day and age, it's certainly more mainstream and more, quote unquote, cool than it was, say, 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you 100%. I feel the same way about wrestling. Whereas I, I kind of want it to stay... I want it to I want it to succeed, obviously. I want it to be popular, but I also there's a part of me that wants it to stay like the little you know, like off to the side sort of oh, you know, you don't want like wrestling is cool because it's something that not a lot of people watch. It's like our little thing. Yeah, like an outlier of sorts in the in the world of entertainment. Yeah. But I think it's trending away from that and I, I'm certainly not mad about it. I mean I oh, want no. people as can be to watch wrestling and to love it as much as I do.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. Um, Wrestling has its own aura and I just think it'll, I, I honestly don't think it'll ever break that stigma with some people. It's always going to be, oh, wrestling's fake or oh, wrestling's this. It's like, I just, I don't even, that used to bother me a lot when people would say that, but now nah, I don't, I don't care. Say whatever you want. I'm going to keep doing me. Um, But it certainly is on, it's at a different stage than it was, like I said, like 10 years ago. So it is what it is. Um, moving on, uh, what do we got here? Ooh. China in the hall of fame. Will it ever happen?
1: Hmm. If you asked me this question as recently as last year, I may have said no, but I think now, I think that the, the cries for China to get into the hall of fame are too great for them to ignore much longer. I think her contributions as a wrestler and as a woman to the industry far supersede her problems outside of the ring. Uh, I think that she deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I think that a, Hall, a wrestling Hall of Fame without China, it doesn't make much sense because she changed the game. Yeah. So I, I think that as soon as I think we might see her in this year, I, I, wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be totally shocked if she was in this year.
0: Neither would I. I agree with you. China is someone that transen- transcended women in the industry. She broke a lot of barrier, a lot of molds. Um, you know, she was an intercontinental champion. She was in DX. Uh, she was a women's champion. She she brought in a lot of attention. At, well, n- in a time when there was a lot of attention, there was a lot of attention on on wrestling, but she she was certainly someone that captivated people's minds and, and energy. So I do think it's well-deserved it, it much, you know, um, she, her, her stuff in the ring and just as a contrib- contribution to the business, you know, far outdoes the stuff that she did outside of the industry. Um, and I, I agree with you. I don't think it's, you know, completely out of the question that happens this year. Um, it's 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 more than well deserved and it's more than overdue.
1: And the, the thing I look at too is they've. And this is how you gauge where WWE is with somebody. We saw it with Hogan. They they begun to mention her on TV again. They started at, at Raw 25. They they mentioned her uh, in that great DX Club segment. Yeah. They they brought up China, and I think that I think that with her with her untimely passing, a lot of people's perceptions of her shifted. Yeah. Uh, I think that. She has the sentimental backing of the fans now that maybe she didn't have before, and I think that yeah, I, I definitely think that she deserves to be in. Uh, she cha- she transcended the sport. She was she she competed in, with the men in a time before anyone thought that was even possible. Yeah, uh, I, I just think a Hall of Fame without China isn't much of a Hall of Fame. And if you want to look at you know yeah, if you want to look at her extracurriculars outside the hall ho- outside of the wrestling industry. You'd have to do that with everyone you put in there. Yep. And there are some shady people in the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah. So you could, if you want to make that case with her, you have to make that case with everybody. And if you make that case with everybody that, oh, what they did outside of the ring uh, supersedes
0: this, then you'd have to take a lot of people out of the Hall of Fame. it'd be a that's very, true. Yeah. It'd be a very lonely Hall of Fame, I think. Yeah. Um, everyone has their own choices that they make. And it should be... The Hall of Fame should be for what you've done in wrestling, and you know, for the most part, not with everybody, but it should. No, almost... there are definitely
1: exceptions, <laughs>
0: but yeah, China for what she did
1: in the ring to change the industry compared to what she did outside the ring. I think it's, I think it's far in the favor of what she did in the ring.
0: I agree, one hundred percent. Move on. Oh, this one kind of floats in nicely. Intergender wrestling. Um, we saw at the Rumble, uh, Nia Jax was in the Men's Rumble. She took six one nine, and we kind of talked about this in the Royal Rumble recap and stuff like that. Um, intergender wrestling, I think in WWE won't be the same as it is in on the indie circuit or in other places. Yeah. But, um, you know, a a week or so removed from the Rumble. Um, we seen Nia Jax last week have a little bit of a, you know, an interaction with Dean Ambrose and, and, you know, whatever it may be. Um, I, I personally don't think WWE are going to go too much further with, with it. Um, but is it something you see more of in the future? We'll just talk WWE because it does happen in pretty much everywhere else except WWE. Um, do you think WWE are going to continue with this kind of stuff or is it just the Nia Jax thing? Um, do you think intergender wrestling has a place in WWE, or is it too much? Is it too obscure for the the mainstream audience to accept intergender wrestling?
1: I I just think that with the the corporate nature of WWE, they have you know the shackles sort of on them that like smaller independent promotions don't. I don't think we're gonna see too much intergender stuff. I, I think like. We'll see, like mixed match challenge level of intergender interaction where you know they hit spots on one another, but it's largely the women taking out the men, Um, and that stinks because I think there'd be a lot of really great intergender matchups, just pure wrestling matchups. You know, I'd love to see Charlotte Flair take on AJ Styles. I'd I'd see Charlotte mix it up with anybody, Becky Lynch mix it up with anybody, Nia Jax mix it up with some of the you know, like we like we got a brief taste of what she what she could do with with the guys at the Royal Rumble, but. Like I said, I don't think they're gonna go and I, like you said too. I don't think they're gonna go too far down that road. I don't think we're gonna get to a point where it's it's completely intergender. Everything is sort of mixed in together. But I think we'll I think we'll see. I guess more and more like brief one like one-offs like spots of it mm-hmm. that we saw than we've seen before. I think that's the way it's gonna go.
0: Um, in a WWE land, do you more so see it as um, predominantly women getting more of the advantage? Um, and do you more so also see it as if WWE were to go down this road, it would only be someone with like a an, an Nia Jax? It's tough. I, I think that you have
1: to have someone like Nia like someone of a certain you know gravity and star. I think Charlotte Flair would have been a great spot. It would have been great in that spot too. I think that... Uh, th- I think it, they have to have a certain level of star power more so than anything else. I don't know if it's like a size. I don't know if it, I don't think it's necessarily a size thing or a real, a realism thing. Yep. And that's people's main argument against intergender wrestling is like, oh, it's not realistic. This is wrestling, though. We're watching. We're not watching a like. Let's face it. We're not watching like a real no. sport. <laughs> we're watching. Uh, we're watching entertainment. And where in in the rules of entertainment can we not watch? Uh, you know, a woman beat up a man, it's, it's, it's very, it's a very real thing. Like that's not like the crazy, it's not the most far fetched thing in the no. world. These women bust their, these women bust their chops like week in and week out. And that's a cool opportunity for them. That's going to get more eyes on them. Seeing them mix it up with the guys Like that's, there's no doubt about that. That's going to give them more attention. I don't know why. I don't, I don't see why you be deprived deprive them of it, uh, of that sort of spotlight. I don't, again, I don't think we're going to get it like full force and that's fine. It doesn't need to be something that we for, that they like force down our throats, but every so often, you know, just something like that rumble spot, which I think was done really well, just like a little taste of the genders mixing it up. I think that'll keep a lot of people entertained.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Um, if if WWE you know surprise us and were to do it, it would be very watered down. It wouldn't be a full intergender wrestling match, if you understand what I mean. Like it, it yeah. would be very watered down. Um, but nonetheless, I like seeing it. It does make it feel a little bit special when it is, um, uh, not done very often. Um, so it was still was fun. Even a week out, I'm still thinking about it going, that was a really cool little moment in the Rumble that Naya had. Um, and if you look at it from a pure wrestling standpoint, Naya held her own. So, I mean, I know it was brief, um, but she you know what she did in the ring and what how she interacted with the guys she definitely you know it yeah. fit it didn't feel weird to me I guess that's what i'm kind of no
1: getting it, at. It, it, it yeah that's the thing it felt like it felt like it belonged it felt like it felt like it fit and to the to the people out there uh and I saw this a lot in the immediate aftermath who were complaining about it because it wasn't realistic and because she got manhandled. That was a a big thing. They're like, oh, she got, you know, she went in there just, they went, they put her in there just to get beat up by a bunch of guys. One, she eliminated Mustafa Ali. She took out, she took out Orton, she took out Mysterio. She laid waste to everybody in the ring at one point. And then it took three finishers to get her out of the ring. It took her a super kick, a 619 and an RKO just to get her off her feet. That's, that's pretty impressive. They, I don't think she got manhandled. I think she held her own just fine.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. Um, and it, it was, regardless, it was a fun, fun moment. Um, let's go on to the next one. Let's see what... Oh, this is another all-time favorite uh, WWE superstar and WWE female superstar.
1: Okay, so first off, he's, this is the first... The, Male side of things is easy, uh, and I, I mentioned this. I, I, if I don't know if it was just in our chats or it was on the last show, but Rey Mysterio is my all-time favorite wrestler. Good choice. He was in the, in the first match I ever watched, uh, back against Elijah Burke on a random Friday night SmackDown back in 2006. I'll never forget it. Uh, his the, the colors of his gear, the mask, how fast he was—that all appealed to me. But also, he was—he he was five, five, seven, one hundred and sixty-five pounds. The smallest guy in the ring at any given moment, and as someone growing up who was I was undersized for much of my like my childhood and my my early teenage years, I was a smaller kid. So seeing this this small guy mix it up with these huge behemoths and come out not only not not, not only holding his own but winning matches and being uh, consistently one of the biggest names on the card, that always was really cool to me. I always thought that he was. Just so fantastic in the ring, he still is, obviously. Yeah, and he'll always be my guy. On the other side of things, the women's side, uh, hmm. it's it, this is this is a little bit tougher because when I was it's the the criteria honestly yeah. changed at some point. When I was when I was first starting watching wrestling, I liked Tori Wilson a lot, but I'd say uh, and I, I think I could say this was pretty much. I think I could say this is a pretty reasonable amount of certainty that my favorite uh, women's wrestler is Becky
0: Lynch. That's fair. It honestly um, is.
1: It, it's, it's, and not just for her, the, the man stuff, because that, I mean, obviously this is fantastic and we're seeing the best version of Becky. But when she broke in uh, in NXT, among the four, she was always my four, my favorite of the four horsewomen. Yep. Uh, I liked, I like the, I mean, I like the, they broke her in as a pretty stereotypical irish lass, but that's okay i'm 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 part irish so i appreciate that but i always thought there was something she's so crisp in the ring i think she's got the most infectious personality of any uh, of any of the women out there right now whether she's doing you know her stuff now where she's a badass she's tough or she's bubbly and you know making jokes and puns i think all versions of her have been really great which isn't which isn't easy, and which no. isn't something you can say about just about anybody. So yeah, I'd say I'd say Becky Lynch, uh, and then I don't even know who I'd say number two. I think Ember Moon might be there because I've grown on her so
0: much over the
1: last like year or two.
0: Yeah, no, they're great. Ray is a great choice because, um, I, similar to you, I was. I'm still. I'm a very small person in general, so um, he always related to me. Two, like twofold. I was always very much. I always like Ray, um, so that's a great choice. Becky's. It's all. She's a very likable person. Just her. Her personality just kind of resonates with everybody. She's just easy to like and great in ring worker. Ember's great as well. Um, mine. My number one all time favorite is on the men's side is always Chris Jericho. Probably always okay. will be. Jericho is someone that constantly reinvents himself. He, you know, it's hard to say what his best kind of era of work is because there's so many different um, versions of Chris Jericho. So Jericho to me is always number one, even in this day and age when you know he's getting closer to 50 years old and he's still putting on four, five star matches. Um, that's pretty incredible to me. I just think he is, in my opinion, he's one of the greatest of all time, and he would just. I don't just every version of Jericho I've seemed to click with in some way, shape, or form. Um, from you know his earlier days as the ayatollah of rock and roller, all the way to his suit wearing days where you know he was talking really slow and he's just you know thinking is better. That than was my else. Favorite, yeah.
1: That was my favorite Jericho. It was like the 2008 super heel, wore the suits, just made everyone just. I loved These that. Big version. words like just yeah. He was just so he intellectually made him, better. <laughs> he made it seem like he was so much better than you, and yeah. I loved. It. I wanted him to be
0: better than me. Yeah, I agree with you. He was just, even, even you know, the stuff with Kevin Owens was absolutely brilliant. He he just knows how to, he never does anything twice. He, once he's kind of done with something, it's, for the most part, it's pretty much gone. And he leaves things without milking it dry, I guess. As yeah. Well. He's just, he's just really, I just really like Chris Jericho and in ring wise, I just think he's one of the best. He just, he has a great mind for the business. Um, Mm -hmm. for the women's side, um, I don't know if you'll be surprised by this or not, but my all time favorite women's wrestler is Molly Holly. Molly Holly is just an absolutely underappreciated, um, worker in the ring that she was just, I Absolutely loved Molly Holly. She seems like the type of girl that whatever they gave her, she ran with it, she made it work. Um, and she was just one word that I always use to describe when I say Molly Holly, people are like, really, Molly Holly? But her ring work is solid. She never did yeah. anything. I'm not saying she did anything crazy, but she never did anything that made her look bad. She always, and she was always so giving in the ring. She, She is someone that could bring people up. She always put people over. um, And I just loved... She was so almost to the sense of... I don't mean this in a a nasty way, but almost so plain and so boring to a certain degree in just her terms of the way she talked and stuff like that. I loved that. Um, Especially as weird to say as a kid you know, nine, ten years old, loving Molly Holly. Um, it's probably not someone that everyone would have, you know, gravitated towards, but I always did, especially as I started to appreciate wrestling. Um, you go back and watch Molly's work and it's, you know, it holds up. Yeah, it holds up. And, um, she, it was fun to see her in the Royal rumble and at evolution. Um, I just think she's just, in my opinion, it's female wise, a very under, underappreciated worker, underrated. Oh. The thing with Molly
1: Holly is that because of the era in which she was in and the way we associate women's wrestling with the past, she's one of those who gets sort of like left out in the cold because she was a very solid, solid's like the perfect word. She was a solid worker. She did everything right. You know, she, she, she didn't, yeah, she didn't come out and like put on classics, but she never, she very rarely had a bad match. Yeah. Very rarely had like, she's very rarely did bad, you know, for herself. And she's one of those women that like gets caught, just sort of lost in the shuffle because she comes. She came in an era where we associated women's wrestling with you know the scand- the scandalous aspects yeah. of it, uh, as opposed to the ring work like like Molly Holly, Jazz, and Jacqueline. Like that's th- those are some ta- very talented women who just were in the wrong time.
0: Yeah, and not only that is like okay, we think about that era of women. It's Trish and Lita, but. Underneath that it was always Molly. Molly was always, you know, the heel to step in. Um, she had a two or three women's championship reigns. She was always that if if Trish wasn't if Trish was the top heel, Molly was number two. If Lita was the top heel, Molly was number two. Molly was always always ready to slip into that slot when they, they couldn't have Trish and Lita, you know, in a program together or they were doing other things. Molly was always the next one. And, you know, you had others as well, like you mentioned, Jazz and Victoria, another one. Victoria is another one for me that gets greatly underappreciated for the work that she did. Um, But, yeah, Molly was always there and for some reason i don't know why i always love molly holly's theme music and i just lose okay. my mind when that co- that song comes on in my spotify playlist and i'm like hell yeah it's molly holly <laughs> like i'm i'm ready to hear molly's song i don't know why i just always did but molly was always that kind of one um from right now um becky's it's hard to say against becky because she's just so 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 good but i I uh, am one of those people that are, I'm a very big fan of Mandy Rose and I am not afraid to admit it. That. I did know that. Hey, that's okay. Every, there's someone there's someone for everybody. And you know, Mandy
1: Rose has, she, she's pretty, I, I I I don't know if I'd call her underrated in the ring, but she's not bad. She's no. definitely not as bad as people probably think just by like, I think people, I think with the eye test with her, people are like, oh, she probably can't wrestle. She yep. looks like one of Vince's girls. Yep but she she could go that those knee strikes she delivers I always I and, always liked them,
0: yeah, not only that her, is that
1: I think her and Deville, especially since they got moved to Smackdown, uh have done really well yeah. for themselves carving a niche,
0: yeah and not only that when is you know people are always quick to assume because of the way she looks that oh this girl probably can't wrestle, but really Mandy hasn't had too many opportunities to show what she can do so How are people to judge? She's, you know, obviously she's had matches. She's had, you know, bigger opportunities here and there. But Mandy has never had an opportunity to really have a a one-on-one kind of big time match with, you know, the upper echelons of girls in, in, in terms of things. So I just am a big fan of Mandy Rose. I think she has a certain presence and almost she's almost like to me, she is a diva. So it almost is the anti of what we're going against now. She's the perfect foil for these quote-unquote women's wrestlers. Um, She is the perception of what it used to be. And I just think she's the perfect heel for some of these for some of these girls maybe not a you know a She's mania level but heel you could have in this era
1: Yeah, someone who like people are going to look like like you said people are going to look at her and say oh she probably can't wrestle that's the best way to get yourself over as mm-hmm. a heel nowadays is to be like that is to be a diva like you put it because we've so we've showered so much in that particular era and I think it's like a, a very smart thing to do on her part like a very real heat you can get by you know not wrestling, and that's not to say she can't wrestle, but she hasn't really. I think it's almost on purpose that they're not displaying her because She's yeah. incredibly athletic, incredibly but they haven't really. Like, yeah, they haven't gone out of their way to showcase that. I think that's on purpose because that's how you—that's how you get people to hate you—is by not being a good, like not wrestling in this day and age. It's—it's it's interesting.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point, point. and you know when this. When they do decide, you know, to maybe give her, you know, a little bit more of a push towards other things and higher, you know, in higher programs, this girl's going to get incredible heat. Like, people are not going to like her at all. Could you imagine yeah. a moment if she beat, I don't know, a Becky Lynch, a Charlotte Flair, a Sasha Banks for a women's championship one day? People would revolt yeah ball. Exactly. And I would be sitting there clapping along saying, bravo. Um, I'm Congratulations. Just a, I'm just a big... I, I don't know. I Ever since Mandy was on Tough Enough, obviously she's a very attractive lady. Um, you look at her and you go, okay, you can put this girl on a poster. Um, Vince McMahon would probably like her. Um, but just to see where she's come from, the Tough Enough days to, you know, now on SmackDown, um, by all means, I don't think she's the greatest worker in the world. I don't think she's the greatest promo in the world. But, I mean, for someone who is a you know, wrestling fan at heart. I, um, I see the, the, the appeal and I definitely, I, I don't know about you, but this year I see Mandy Rose in a title picture, whether it's, um, SmackDown or raw or holding the tag team championships. I think that, I think that woman's wearing gold before the end of the year. Ooh. Okay. I like that. I, I,
1: I personally think that they should hold the tag titles at some point this year. Yeah. Um, I think I think Rose and Deville have done so well. They're so underappreciated. I think they've done terrific things. I think both of them will be women's champions too at some point. Uh, I'm a big Sonya Deville fan, so I, I would I'd love to see. Yeah, I, I think a, a potential feud between the two somewhere down the road because yeah, you have to imagine at some point they're going to split off and oh, do yeah. their own thing. And I think a feud between the two would be very good as well.
0: Yes, yeah, Sonya is someone who um, I think honestly because we you know so many people love to hate Mandy Rose and they talk about Mandy Rose. Some people push Sonia to the side. Sonia DeVille is really good. Um, and I've had conversations just with people that watch wrestling around here and they don't see that in Sonia DeVille. I do. I definitely see a bright future for her. Um, very underappreciated, especially out of the two. They, you don't talk about Sonia DeVille enough. Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, yeah honestly. I think she's going to have big things in her future. Yeah. Sooner
0: out of yeah I agree um speaking of the women 's tag team championships, it was one in here anyway, it kind of transitions well um Ooh, okay. the women 's tag titles i have i don't know if uh you've known this about me or you know so we've been talking about women 's tag team titles for some quite some time it's been since you know middle of last year earlier, whatever but i have i, I You're very much aware of this. I love women's wrestling. I love what they bring. I think they are the best thing going. Um, I haven't been the strongest advocate of women's tag team titles. Um, The only reason is, and feel free to disagree, but I think that there's, besides the maybe four or five core women's tag teams they have, there isn't enough depth to just, you know, they're just throwing... I don't want them just throwing people together because oh, it's something for them to do here. Go for the tag titles. Um, I've said to you before, I'm not the biggest fan of tag team wrestling as it is. Um, I do I do think it's... A, in, in theory, it's a great idea because the women definitely deserve to have more championships in their division. Um, I just don't think there's enough depth to, com- you know, rotate around teams without it becoming stale. Um we don't know the actual, you know, idea of the women's tag team championships. Can they appear on any brand? Is it, you know, we don't, they, I would assume that they can appear on any brand if they win the women's tag team championships, but, um, we haven't been told that we don't know what the kind of plan is. Um, I just think without, you know, Sasha, Sasha and Bayley, yeah, they're a team. You've got Mandy Rose and Sonia, the Iconics and naya and Tamina, um, and the Riot squad, of course, um. But then you see teams like we're having on Raw, having Alicia Fox and Nikki Cross, like they've never teamed before together. Dana Brooke and Natalia, they've never really teamed before together. Um, there was, you know, some rumblings of Naomi and Carmella. They've never really been a team together. I just don't want it to be a thing of there's nothing else for these girls to do, so we'll just throw them in a team and they can go for the tag team championships. That to me isn't what tag team champ- uh, tag team wrestling is about. It's about teams that that work for the tag team championships, like a Sasha Banks and a Bailey or an I- the Iconics, um, you know, those teams. I just think, you know, regardless of what I think, I, I I do agree with the fact that there's women's tag team championships. I'm not a hater of it at all. Um, don't take it like that. But um, I, get, I guess I just have my reservations. But what's your kind of opinion on tag, uh, the women's tag team championships coming in?
1: So I hear what you're saying. And I, I agree to a certain extent with right now, it feels a little – with some of the the teams they've had outside of the core – outside of those core tag teams, the the cobbled together duos, I feel like maybe they're rushing it a little bit. Mm. But I think with the influx of talent that WWE brings in, I think that sooner – I think sooner or later they will have the depth to where this feels more natural – like, I don't want them to just be throwing teams together just to compete for the titles. And I certainly don't want them to be like, a, oh, we have nothing for you, so let's do this. But I do think that it's a cool I, – I think it's a cool, necessary step for them to take because there are lots of women who like, you know, are going to be left out of the title picture. And while the picture is sort of being hoarded by the Rouseys and the Four Horsewomen, it is nice for there to be something else to compete for.
0: Yeah, I,
1: and I think. think this is going to be – I think this is going to be a title for the, you know, the iconics of the world, the Riot squads, the Absolutions, who they may not be in the main title picture yet. I think they will be, but they have they have a background together as a team. I love the Riot squad, for for instance, because I think they're a great team. I think they'd make great tag team champions for, like, right off the bat. I, I, I'm going to be pulling for them in the chamber, actually. They're, they're my team, but... For every riot squad, you have a team. Even like Nia and Tamina, just feel it. Just feels like yeah. you know they're the two biggest ones there. Let's put them together. It doesn't feel like they did. They belong. Like they have any reason to tag up other than we're both we're the two biggest women, most dominant, imposing women here. But like Bailey and Sasha is a is a great tag team because they're clearly great friends and they've been doing that. They've been basically a tag team for like two years now. Yeah. Uh, even even as much as I wanted them to turn at some point. And I still think they will. They don't happen, but I think they're going to run with the belts first before they split on each other. And I think it's it's interesting because there are two ways to look at how who you want to crown as the first tag team title, first tag team champs here. You either want to start, either want a strong team and established team, or you want like a young team to put them over. I think it would be huge for like a team like the Riot Squad, the Iconics, or. Deville and Rose to win over a team like Sasha and Bailey. I don't want Sasha and Bailey to win because I think they could. They I think they've accomplished so much already, and they're more. I, I think that beating them for the belts would carry such a huge rub for somebody, as opposed to them being the first tag team champs. I don't want to see Sasha and Bailey be the first champs.
0: Me either. I completely agree with you. Um, I think it's almost to the point where it's too obvious that they're going to be the the first tag team champions so you know change it up a little bit
1: yeah i i yeah and like uh, any other team in there again if deville and rose win i'm gonna be happy if the iconics win i'll be pleasantly surprised but i I think the riot squad i i just i love the riot squad i love all three of them i think they all bring really unique skill sets and really different things to the table and i think it'd be a good spotlight for for logan and morgan to be to have some sort of success on their own while still being under the uh, uh the Riot Squad umbrella.
0: Yeah, I agree. I love the Riot Squad. Now, obviously you're probably not gonna be surprised. I'm pulling for the Iconics. I want the iconics to win. I think they've I think their okay. work in like their work in NXT was so I just think they're just really good heels. They're really good at being annoying. And you know, you're not meant to like these girls. Um sure their main roster stuff has been You know, it's, um, I don't know the word, maybe a little underwhelming. But they know their spot. And sure, they could have been used a little bit more frequently. But they know their spot and they play that role very well. I thought they did a fantastic job in the Rumble, um, Billy and Peyton. Um, Obviously, I'm a little biased towards them. um, (laughs) But, I mean, why, why is it so out of the picture that they are the first tag team champ of the women's tag team champions. Like why would that? And I've seen a lot of comments. Like I sometimes will, you know, sit up in bed and just, you know, you see the WWE post and you, you just scroll through and you see all the stupid comments, but then you see some, you know, some smart ones in there as well. But a lot of people are like the Iconics are not going to win the the chamber. That's just not happening. Um, I would love to see the iconics win. They are to me like the riot squad. They're a tag team. They are a team. They they are stronger together than they are apart. Um, yeah. Sasha and Bailey to me are stronger apart than they are together. So yes,
1: that's 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 a great point. That's yeah. that's like what I'm saying about them is that I think they're a I, I think they're not fit for the tag title picture. I think they're fit to do things on their own.
0: Yeah, because a tag team to me is. Um, like the Usos the New Day they're stronger together if you break them up it's not it's not valuable to them or to the company um, Banks and Bailey, you break them up and there's so many things you can do with them um, mm-hmm. you break the Iconics up or you know to a certain degree the Riot Squad up and there may be not as much you can do with you know all members of the Riot Squad or both members of the Iconics um, that to me is that's that's what a tag team is. Um, I know I've said I haven't been the strongest you know, advocate of tag team wrestling. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I understand it, and I definitely see it has a, a very strong place, and I think it could be utilized a lot better um, in general in, in WWE. So I do see its appeal, and I definitely get why people love it and, and gravitate towards it so much. But a tag team to me is a, two people that you look at um, together, and you go, okay, they're a team. They are better together than they are apart. So, I just think I would personally love to see the Iconics or the Riot Squad take this out, um, or even Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville, um, as opposed to to Banks and Bailey. Um, however, if I was a betting man, I'd probably put my money on Banks and Bailey.
1: Yeah, it, it feels like, like you said before. It feels almost obvious that they're going to be the ones to christen the new belts, and that's fine. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm not. Again, I don't. I'm not going to complain about it. I think that. Just getting the belts off the ground is big, and whoever wins is going to do good things with them. But like, could you imagine the Heat? Uh, If you want, if you want Heat, put the belts on the Iconics because they might be the most tenured of these tag teams. They've been together since NXT. No one else could really sing that here. No,
0: and I just think I just love the Iconics. (laughs) I just um, obviously I'm always going to.
1: They're they're, they're so. At what they do
0: it's, it's unfair to say that they stink Because like, they're supposed to stink Yeah that's what their characters are um, And both of those ladies Can get it done in the ring I think world of Peyton Royce um, I think Peyton is really really good in the ring And very underutilized oh, yeah. um, Billy's good as well um, But the stronger worker Of the two I think is Peyton But like I said they're better together Than they would be apart Yeah so I just they found
1: think... them. They found a role for themselves as mm-hmm. a team. Yes,
0: it's just that yeah. Obviously, I'm going to be pulling for them, but other than that, I I love the riots. I agree with you. I think the riot squad are a very very good core team or core stable. Um, especially for Liv and Sarah to get this opportunity as opposed to Ruby and one of the the girls. Um, I just think Ru- Ruby is obviously the leader. In, you know in the title, her name is in the title of their yeah. of their group. But it almost is to a point where it's Ruby is almost teaching them things. Ruby is um, a fantastic worker, and I hope and and pray that she's a women's champion one day because she's very, very good. Um, And it is clear that, you know, it's Ruby and then Liv and Sarah are slightly beneath her, um, just in terms of leadership and stuff like that. So it is a. You know, why wouldn't the goal be for Ruby to be the women's champion and Liv and Sarah to be the tag team champions and they own the division? Um, But I do agree with you, the Riot Squad. uh, Why they are used, I think they could be probably doing a little bit more.
1: I agree. I I think that there's more for them to do. Um, I I just, I I really hope that I'm, I'm a little bit. I'm, I'm, in, I'm intrigued to see where they go post uh, Elimination Chamber because I, as much as I want them to win the belts, we've we've gone through it. And we've said you know multiple times here that we thought that we think Bailey and Sasha are going to win the belts. Yeah. So where does the Riot Squad go after that? Because they they've been together a while, and it doesn't really seem like they do mu- They have like they haven't done much other than just you know wreak havoc but I, I, there hasn't been much storyline work for no. them and i want them to be more involved in stories and more involved in. you know i want ruby to be involved in the title picture i want them to be elevated
0: yeah i agree i agree with you completely um we'll move on we'll do a couple more before we wrap things up uh, what do we got here oh i'm sure you have your opinion on this one cm punk um Whew. Okay, first, before we talk about his exit and the way he's kind of treated pro wrestling after, what did you think of CM Punk during wrestling? I always, I liked him. I
1: didn't. I was never like insanely high on him. Honestly, I never really was from his days in ECW all the way through the big title run all the way to his exit. I was never like a crazy CM Punk fan. I think my favorite incarnation of Punk was straight edge Savior when he would, you know, just cut all the, the very Jesus like promos yeah, and that was good. You know, he, he looked like he looked like Jesus and he converted Luke Gallows and Serena to, to straight edge to the straight edge lifestyle. That was my favorite version Underrated of it. Underrated stuff, by the way. Sorry to yeah, chime really in, but just
0: awesome. just real it was almost to the point where it was kind of on SmackDown at that time when Smackdown wasn't really, you know, the most important thing. It was just kind of shoved to the side, but very yeah. good stuff. Yeah, but um I yeah, but
1: like I said, never crazy about him. Uh, the whole time he was WWE champion, I was never like, wow, I'm really really into this guy. So, that's that's my take on CM Punk on his career, on his WWE tenure.
0: Um for me, I'm pretty much the same. I liked Punk. I thought he was I honestly like everyone said he was absolutely incredible in the ring. I never really saw that. Why well, I thought he was pretty good. Um I don't think he was amazing. Um, his promos were obviously great. Um, he was great, a great talker. That, you know, all that stuff, you know, with the pipe bomb and then him winning the championship at Money in the Bank, you know, stellar yeah. top tier stuff. Always will say that. It was a fantastic match moment. Um, what they did after was what it was. It kind of soured for me a little bit, but um, I'm the same his straight edge society stuff was fantastic. Um, but yeah, I was never really like his number one fan, um, going on to him, you know, the way we don't, we'll never know the full story. We'll never know exactly what happened, but his exit from WWE. Firstly, do you agree with it? And do you agree with his attitude towards wrestling in general, um, in 2019? No, I I don't. I think that, this is a business that gave him so much and
1: he's like spitting on it. You know, he's so jaded about it because, you know, he got hurt a couple times working like this is this is this isn't ballet as our, our guy JR would say. This is, you know, tough physical competition. I don't know I just don't understand why he decided to like I obviously he was unhappy with his place in WWE. That's fine. I mean he was WWE champion for over a year, didn't really main event. So I get that I get the frustration. That he wasn't the biggest draw, and that guys like The Rock and Cena were coming and and taking some of the spotlight. But it's never, it's not like he ever had it really that bad. I, I in, at least in my estimation, I always thought he had something to do. It was always clear that they were pretty high on him. Uh, even the very end with the Shield stuff when he was working with the Shield and you know he was and working with the Authority and Kane, it was you know still like one of the top feuds, top sort of billing on the card. I never really got his whole thing about, oh, you know, he was mistreated. They, 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 they treated him wrong, all this stuff. I never, I, I it came off like sour grapes for me it's for a business that like, you know, it made him.
0: Yeah. That's how he you know, people wouldn't have known him going into UFC if he wasn't a WWE superstar. He was, you know, um, a top tier talent in the WWE. You don't, you know, spit on what you've done in the past because you're in a different spot now. Um, Sure, you can have your opinions and, you know, maybe not necessarily agree with, you know, or even like the pro wrestling business, um, but he's just completely, basically shit on everything he's done. Um, I I know this is a question that everyone kind of asks and I always will give the same answer, but... Do you personally ever see him back in not a maybe not a WWE ring but in a wrestling ring? Do you see CM Punk wrestling ever again?
1: I actually think I I have a feeling that he will. Now maybe not in WWE. I have a feeling that somewhere along the line, the money will be right. Someone will offer him something, and I think it'll be extremely hypocritical of him. But I I don't think much of him as a person anymore. Uh, I think he's I think he's just from some of the, the his his uh, interactions with fans and some of the things I see online, I just, I'm not a big fan of CM Punk the person. So I, I, I think that he's going to go, I think that it would be him going back on like a lot of things he said to rejoin wrestling, but I yeah. think he will
0: actually. Um, I personally, I don't see it happening, but I definitely see your point. Um, money talks at the end of the day, money talks for any of us, I think. Um, and you know, Punk's UFC career was what it was. Um, it was bad. It, yeah, plain and simple. It was not good. Um, I remember watching... I don't believe I watched his first fight, but I definitely 100% watched his second fight, and he got his ass handed to him. Um, yeah. So, you know, I think he's doing... comment. Is he a commentator now for... MMA or I don't know. but
1: Honestly, I, I'm pretty sure he is. I, I would be lying if I said I really cared at this point about oh, what he's too. doing. I watched that second fight. Uh, and I Again, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't watching that fight with like, a grin on my face. Oh, me too. Watching, I felt like he had it coming. But uh, he, he was never cut out for that. It was almost like a publicity thing for the UFC. It backfired. A lot of people were really upset about that. I know, especially after the second fight, people were really, like, big MMA fans were up in arms about the fact that he got a spot on the card at all. Uh, Again, he was going to make money for the UFC, but I think after two fights where he just got destroyed, the well has run out for him. So I think, yeah, he's, commentating is what he does. He's good at it. Uh, He had a commentary on for WWE when he was injured. Pretty good at it. Uh, but I, I just, yeah, I, I just, God, I just, I, I don't like, I don't like him anymore, man. I don't even He either, really, I saw, I really, he really hurt my, like, he hurt my feelings basically by dumping on the WWE and dumping on wrestling.
0: I agree. Anyone that kind of does that, I love wrestling so much that it does, it, if it offends me to a certain degree, especially with someone who had such a high standard of his work, um. You know, he obviously cared about wrestling, I think, when he was here. Um, But I just, I am the same. He's left such a sour taste in my mouth that I almost don't give a damn what he does. Um, Sure, it'll be, you know, if he does decide to come back to wrestling, it will be a rather big deal, I'm sure. Um, But I don't know. I'm the same as you. He's left a very bad taste in my mouth just with how he is, how he's treated the business and you know a lot of people say about his personality when he was actually in WWE and it's hard not to believe that now because you know yeah, just how he treats wrestling now i could imagine him probably treating people in the business rather similarly yeah um yeah uh we'll do maybe one or two more but uh let's see ooh um NXT do you think it's still the hippest brand within the wwe um i know that a lot of people it's producing quality stuff but um do you think it was cooler maybe two or three years ago with some of the stars that they had or do you think it's just evolving and that's just the way nxt goes
1: i just think that it's almost impossible to touch what nxt did like two three years ago because it was completely brand new at the time I don't think it's gotten like worse. I think NXT's been consistently the best wrestling in WWE. I think yeah. it's, I think it's still the coolest brand in WWE for sure. Especially cuz Raw sucks and SmackDown is SmackDown's good, but it, it, it I don't think it compares to NXT. I think week in and week out the quality of product, not just the wrestling, I think the the backstage work they do, the interviews, I think the commentary in NXT is top notch. I really think they do everything really well down there. I just think it's not maybe not as hot as it was two years ago because two years ago, it two three four years ago it exploded onto the scene. It was something we hadn't seen before because NXT originally was just developmental. First, it was that that game show, and then that was awful, and then it was purely developmental, and then it, it morphed into something else. It morphed into its own little thing while still being developmental, and I think that. I think it's. I think it hasn't gone down in quality. I just think we're used to it by now.
0: Yeah, I agree. Do you think we hold NXT to too much for high standard, or do you think that's a good I, thing?
1: I, I think it's a good thing, but I, I, I definitely think we hold it to a an almost impossibly high standard. Just look at look at a uh, takeover Phoenix that pe- a lot of people didn't like because it wasn't like blow away amazing mm. because we've just come to expect that from NXT. We've come to expect the best show on any given weekend is going to be an NXT TakeOver and you could still make the case that it was on Royal Rumble weekend I like the Rumble a little bit more because it's just it's the Rumble it's fun but NXT TakeOver was brilliant but it wasn't quite as brilliant and in that regard it felt like lackluster almost which is crazy because we think of it so highly
0: yeah I agree because I was even a person that I genuinely liked um, TakeOver Phoenix But I was definitely a person that said it wasn't mind-blowing like, you know, a lot of the takeovers are. And that's, I guess, the uh, double-ended sword with things is I want to hold it to a high standard because nine times out of the ten, they blow my expectations. And, you know, Phoenix maybe didn't in terms of everything. But, I mean, it's a good problem to have, in my opinion.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it really is. Like, it's... Your your
0: your wrestling
1: is too good. Almost that's that's a great problem to have. Yeah, and if we it, it, and again I love. I mean, take over Phoenix on on a rewatch because I, I when I watched it originally, I was like, wow, you know, that was great, but it wasn't you know, it wasn't quite up to standards. And then I rewatched it. And I'm like, this was really good. You just have to watch it as its own thing and not as like a a you
0: a know a sequel. Show. Yeah, a hype yeah. show.
1: If you're able to remove yourself from some of that hype and pomp and circumstance, you'll realize it was a really great wrestling show.
0: Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, I kind of went through some of these because this will probably be our last one, and I just wanted to pick out one that's fitting for the time. It's WrestleMania season. In your opinion, what is the greatest WrestleMania of all time? Oh, my God. I knew that, that is would, so be, that would be a stump. I knew that would stump you, and that's what I was looking for.
1: You're gonna have you're gonna. I was gonna say you're gonna have me here for like another two hours just on this <laughs> question alone. Um, it, okay, it's there's there's definitely like the, the answer that most people go with. I think a lot of people would say WrestleMania 17. Yes, uh, very good show. I, I've I have I have I will say I've gone back and watched over the course of the years since the network came out. I have been able to watch every WrestleMania at some point. So I have at least a ba- I have at least the basis knowledge of all of them. Mm-hmm. For me personally, I, 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 again, maybe maybe this is more my favorite than the greatest. But I thought WrestleMania 31 was fantastic. That's my personal favorite WrestleMania. I don't know about greatest, but at least in my lifetime, because I, I started watching wrestling in 06, so That's what WrestleMania 22, and I love 22 because Rey Mysterio won the world title there. But I wouldn't I wouldn't hold it up as one of the all time greats. thought twenty one was really good. Um, I thought I'm trying to think twenty three I thought was good. But I I, I obviously have a recency bias because I'm I, I wasn't there to yeah. watch WrestleMania seventeen because I was only five years old and wasn't a fan yet. I wasn't there to watch WrestleMania three because I was not born. Me, though. I wasn't. Yeah, I just wasn't. It wasn't there for that reason that those aren't going to hold as much. I'm not going to hold those in such high esteem as I do the ones that I've been able to watch live. So for me, it's, it's 31. I thought I I didn't think there was a bad match on the card. I thought the coolest spots were amazing. The main event was amazing. It's crazy, Like Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, you hear that on paper now and you're like, that must've been terrible, but it was so good.
0: Yep. It was the first of their kind of, you know, go round and, there wasn't an expectation of what it's going to be like and there was so yeah. much you know stuff surrounding it that you really weren't sure what was you know going to go down and then the way it did 31 is a really good wrestlemania i i it you know like i've said many many times wrestling is so subjective and that's what i love about it um yeah. and i think with you and me what we've kind of um you know the couple conversations that we've had um We pick up on, you know, when I say my favorite, you kind of are like, yeah, I understand why. And when you say your favorite, I'm like, yeah, I understand why. That's what kind of works the best between us. And WrestleMania 31 is a great WrestleMania. Um, It's a very solid WrestleMania. Like you said, there's not any bad matches on that card. And the stuff that was amazing was amazing. Um, My personal favorite WrestleMania is WrestleMania 24. I love WrestleMania oh, 24. Uh Shawn Mar- Michaels, yeah. Rick Flair, Edge Taker. Oh, yeah. Um,
1: the the waterworks for that for that Flair Michaels match. Going back, I, every time I go back and watch that, and I make it a point during Mania season 2, if I if I can't watch all of 24, which I try to cuz you know Taker Edge was great. The Money in the uh, Bank
0: on that show was fantastic.
1: Yeah, Money in the Bank was very good. Uh both yeah, the main events were good solid. I, I, I enjoyed it, but that taker, my, or that Michaels flare match every time gets me.
0: Oh, me too. It is. The, the storytelling the, was so prime. One of the best storytelling elements in a match. I've, I think I've ever seen. There's some that yeah. rival it. Um, but I love that match. And, um, it's not one of my personal favorite matches of all time. Um, but you know, I loved that match. Loved that match. Um, WrestleMania 24 is always one up there. Um I loved uh WrestleMania 19 was fantastic. Um I loved yeah. WrestleMania 19. 17 is easy to say. Um it is a very very yeah, I feel great. Yeah, like
1: 17 is like the, the given yeah. answer. <laughs> yeah.
0: It is a great WrestleMania. There's no doubt about that at all. Um I was young. Um I don't remember watching it live. I may have, but um it 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 is a very, you know, um, solid answer that you know a lot of wrestling fans give. And that's fine because it is a, a very good WrestleMania. You had TLC, um, Taker and Triple H, Austin Rock. It just had a lot of... The whole card itself was fantastic. Um, you know, going into WrestleMania, we talked about Reverb, Rewind. That'll probably be one that is an option to pick and it'll probably be more than likely that we'll probably be watching that and I don't have a problem with that at all because... No, me neither. I'm not going to explain about it. That's for sure. Very good. 22, um, you brought up 22. I loved 22. So there was a year um, where I... Um, my parents had separated so I ended up living with my dad and we moved away and we didn't have um, like cable TV so I couldn't watch wrestling for most of 2006. So I missed 22, but I remember going back and watching 20. Obviously I kept up, um, through siblings and stuff like that. And, you know, when I would see my mom, I, she would always have it. So I'd watch it. But, um, for the most part, I was out of wrestling for six, seven months. Um, I remember going back and watching 22 and, you know, I, Edge and Mick Foley is my... My second favorite all-time match. I love that match. It was my favorite match for the longest time. Brutal. Um, I love that. That Just everything in that match. It wasn't necessarily... It wasn't um, ridiculously long. It did what it did in the time that it was given. The stuff with Lita was fantastic. And Edge was just great. And Foley finally got his WrestleMania moment. The, the You know, the spear... Um, through the table, just great stuff. Edge was fantastic. I just thought that was a breakout moment for Edge. I really, really did. You know, he had his Money in the Bank win, and he cashed in, lost the championship three weeks later, and it was kind of, you know...
1: Yeah, that was kind of weird the way they did that. it was just... Going back and
0: watching that, cashes in at Revolution, loses it at the Rumble. Yeah, it was just odd. And I don't really understand, you know, the meaning behind it. And I think Foley is someone, like I said, he hadn't really had... A stellar WrestleMania performance. It wasn't really something on Foley's um, criteria. He had very great, memorable moments that we'll never forget. But Mania is a different beast. It, everyone wants their WrestleMania moment, and I think this f- was not only for you know for Edge to be. Hey, it's it's Edge. You know, I'm here too. I was the WWE champion for three weeks and I got kind of crapped on. Um, I should be the WWE champion. This was a great moment for him, but also for Foley needing that WrestleMania moment very much at the end of his you know career. He would come back for a little while, but um, he needed that just as much as Edge. And I just think it just gelled so perfectly. Obviously, when you have hardcore with Mick Foley in it, it's going to be um, something that you don't want to miss. Um, yeah. But it was just that match. I loved Mickey James, Trish Stratus. That was a fantastic story. Very good match. Sneaky good match. Um, you know, in terms of women's matches at Mania, at that point, there wasn't really many fantastic women's matches. That was up there, um, in my opinion. Um, yes. Great sure. match. Mickey James was just incredible in that match. It was, you know, towards the end of Trisha's run as well. So she was kind of winding down. It was a fantastic one-on-one match for her to have at Mania. Um, There was so many things at WrestleMania 22 that I just love. You mentioned Rey Mysterio winning. That was, that was great. Um, Cena and Triple H was pretty good. I I remember liking that. Um, I do actually like WrestleMania 22 when I go back and think about it. Um, But WrestleMania's you know, we talk about, like, our favorites. Do you have, like, a in your mind, like, a least favorite that you just remember not enjoying at all? Um, Let's let's think.
1: Let's go down the list here. Last year's, I thought, was average, 34. 30, really? Uh, 33, I liked.
0: Yeah, I, I wasn't crazy about last year's WrestleMania. If, yeah, uh, uh, I actually really, for the most part, I really enjoyed WrestleMania last year. But, I mean, we say that. But I think to a certain part of uh, wrestling fans, we hold WrestleMania in a certain aura. So I think even a bad mania gets looked over sometimes. Not saying WrestleMania 34 was bad. But, I mean, to your point, um, I do see what's kind of in your brain with that one. But um, go on.
1: Mm -mm. Um, I think 27, just because of the main event. I, I mean, nowadays... If the Miz main event WrestleMania this year, I'll be tickled pink. Yeah. But uh, at that point, it just wasn't right, and you had the main event Cena Miz, and then the Rock got involved, and it just felt like a placeholder for Cena Rock, and that and that that whole show really. I, I can only remember one match off that show that I really liked, and that was Triple H Taker, and like you're not gonna not like an Undertaker match at this point. No, he right. puts on classics every year. That was a very good match, but I, I really that that was one that I remember watching and thinking like, well, that wasn't that
0: great. I didn't like twenty seven. Um, I hated twenty nine. I hated WrestleMania twenty nine. Twenty
1: nine, very. I guess. I guess average. I, I. there were some some highlights, and I I, I didn't mind seeing a rock. Uh. Punk Taker was good. Punk Taker was good. I will admit that. And there was a, a, a Triple H Lesnar match. was boring. I hated that match.
0: Can't really remember hated. much of the mid card. I just... Tr- Chris Jericho and Fandango wrestled. Like, I hated Oh, that's that. right. I hated I, that. No disrespect Fango to Fandango, dancers. but, like, Chris Jericho? Like, you're, you're going to give a WrestleMania match with Chris Jericho to Fandango, and, like, I knew from the start that Chris Jericho was not going to win that match. And, like, I was just... Biasedly, I hated that because I was like, Jericho deserves probably more than this. I understand putting yeah. up a new talent and stuff like that. But at WrestleMania... That was like, extreme. Oh, like, that was crazy. And I just remember not liking that WrestleMania at all. Um, 27, I didn't like. Um, other than that, um, it's, I can't it's really, really think, think of... Yeah, it's, like it's almost harder to think of ones that you didn't like than you liked. Because I yeah. feel like WrestleMania, there's more that I like than I don't.
1: Definitely, I always tend to. There's, I very rarely dislike WrestleMania. I I will always point to something on on a card. There's always something like Mm. last year. You know, I, I didn't. I wasn't like a huge fan of 34, like I said. But there was there was some good stuff on there. Definitely some good stuff. I I thought the first like half of the show was pretty good.
0: I do agree with that. The first half of the show was way better than the second half of the show because Yeah, I thought, yeah, it, stuff, I thought
1: it lost some steam for sure.
0: Yeah, like the triple threat intercontinental championship match was fantastic. Charlotte and yeah. Oscar I thought was really, really, really? good. Ronda's really? um that mixed tag match was fantastic. Rhonda and- I thought that Yeah, was, it, it had so yeah. much
1: energy early on in the show. And then I thought it lost it. And you had, you know, Braun tagging with, oh, with that the That wasn't the fun. Nope. <laughs> Cena Taker was kind of fun, but like also just kind of not what you'd expect. Odd. It was oh, that's odd, that's a good one. Yeah. The Daniel Bryan chain stuff I didn't I didn't care for. Yeah. I know I, it was uh... Bryan on Mania, and that's fine. And I obviously Daniel Bryan, if able, should be on every WrestleMania. Yeah. But it, it just, I don't know. I wasn't crazy about it.
0: Um, I, yeah, the second half of the show, I think we had like Nia Jackson, Alexa Bliss. I wasn't crazy hot about that match. Um, the main event was what it was. Um, I think we had a certain level of expectation going into that to what was going to happen, and it didn't. But it was, um, it was v- very drawn out that that main event. I think it probably ran way too long, in my opinion. The, at least the main event, yeah. but the show was long. It's it's hard to keep absolutely everyone invested in that show for, you know. I think it was probably five hours. Well, with the kickoff, it would have been about seven hours. Um, I was gonna say definitely like
1: seven hours from
0: yeah from kickoff to the end of the show. It's a long once... it's a long show to watch. Like here in Australia, I would have been up since six thirty in the morning. So, good god. So like six thirty until 2.30 in the afternoon, um, or one, th- whatever it one thirty, whatever. Um, it's a long show regardless. That's a long time. That's a time full shift. Show. Yeah. It's literally, a, yeah. Like you said. Um, but now that we're talking about times, we, you know, Rumble was a long show. Um, and I think I mentioned this to you, whether it was on the, on the, on the show or in our pre-chat, um, Rumble and Mania is the exception to the rule when I think no matter what how long it is, I'm gonna watch it and I'm gonna enjoy it. Sure I'll lose steam in it at some point and I'll pick and choose my spots to do that, but um other than WrestleMania and Royal Rumble, I don't see the need for WWE putting on a seven hour show.
1: No, it's it's absurd. And they're gonna do it with SummerSlam and Survivor series. Like they've been branching out with those shows too. But that, no, I, I think that if you're going to go that crazy, you have to limit it to stuff that people are like – you're going to have mainstream attention on the Rumble and on WrestleMania. So if you want to add as much to those as you can, I get it. But you got to leave some of it alone and keep – you got to you gotta be – more is not always great. Usually oh. it is, especially
0: especially for wrestling, but not all the time and not when you're putting fans to sleep. No way. Like, I there's no way in hell I'd want to see a seven-hour Elimination Chamber show. Like, I I would um, probably skip the kickoff if that was the case. Um, oh, I'd probably skip half a show. If <laughs> but Mania Rumble, I understand. Like, that, that I'll happily be like, okay, like, it's Mania, it's Rumble. I'll watch this in its entirety. But other than that, I don't want to be seeing, you know, five-hour backlashes or... Um, you know, whatever it may be, but like you said, more, I love wrestling. I'm happily going to watch more of it whenever they kind of give it to me, but sometimes less is more. I know it's a cliche saying, but yeah, people wanting more, like don't, you know, throw your eggs in one basket in a seven hour show. It's a long time to ask anyone to watch anything. Um, yeah, I, I know I said this was the last one, but there's one that's staring at me. And I have okay. to ask you. Lay it on me. Do you think The Undertaker has wrestled his last match? No. <laughs> no, I don't. I think they're going to
1: keep... I, I, I wish he had. And like I said earlier in the show, I, I, had, I had mapped it out where I thought he should have been done after WrestleMania 28. Here we are heading into WrestleMania 35. But I, I, I have a feeling he's not done. Um, it's just... The, the the allure and the the temptation of other that rest. Like, he's only got to work one show. He's only got to work WrestleMania, and people want to see it. I think I still I don't. I think people still want to see it. I'd be lying if I said that. Like I w- I, I don't get psyched when the Undertaker's name pops up, even though he's he's over the he's past his prime. Oh yeah. But I I I I think we're gonna see more Undertaker.
0: I agree with you. Um... I think um, what kind of, okay, so I was always that person of like, yeah, Taker's got a couple more left in him. He's certainly got manias left in him, um, especially with, you know, with Cena last year and stuff like that. I think what kind of has turned my opinion on it is... Okay, so everyone wants the idea left in their brain of what The Undertaker was, and you don't want to ever see him wrestle too much longer because you don't want the last impression of him to be, you know, he's not at all going in a very good way, and, you know, he's finding yeah. it hard to move and stuff like that. Um, so that being said, I think Crown Jewel put me off a lot because yeah, that was tag fun. match um, take yeah. away anything else about Crown Jewel and the the shit surrounding that. But I think that match itself was, I understand triple H got injured early and that doesn't help, but I just think that match was just not very good. Um, no one really held their own in it. Um, Kane is way past his prime. In my opinion, he can't really keep up with anything. Um, Shawn Michaels hadn't been in the ring in what, eight years or whatever it was. Um, and I was un- I was always under the thing that Shawn Michaels should have never wrestled again. Um, I, I can't
1: was- believe that he that he came out of retirement. One of the only guys in wrestling to actually honor the word retirement, mm-hmm. and he came out of retirement for a match in 2018 in Saudi Arabia, a tag match against the Brothers of Destruction, and it was it was bad. It was, I, I, I won't mince words. It was a boring match. It
0: was. I that whole show to me was just crap. Oh, yeah, but- Crow Jewel was a bad show. Oh, it was terrible. Um, But, you know, on paper, you look at that match and you're, yeah, you know. But then you actually see them and Triple H, okay, yeah, sure, he can still go. But like I said, he got hurt early in the match. Um, Taker shouldn't be wrestling matches that are that, you know, in length, um, that long in length, especially when his partner is... Is probably just doing just as bad as him in terms of being able to keep up a certain level. Um, I think Taker probably works better than Kane. Um, I just Sean <sighs> Michaels wrestling. Yeah, like I said, I didn't think he would ever wrestle again. Well, I was certainly in the opinion of he shouldn't. It was a perfect ending. Um, but if he was going to, why that? Why a tag match? You know, and stuff like that. Um, Do I think Shawn Michaels did terrible in the ring? No, I don't think he. I don't think he did. And I think think if he he want, he looked like I expected him to look for having been out of just out of practice. Yeah, he's still Shawn Michaels. If he got into the system again, I'm pretty sure he could probably get another two or three really good matches out of Shawn Michaels. Um, Shawn Michaels is even a bad version of Shawn Michaels is still really good. Um, yes. He's just one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest of all time. Um But just back to Taker, that kind of soured on, you know, I don't want that to be my lasting impression of The Undertaker. For that reason only, I think he's got one more. I don't honestly think it's this year. I don't think we're seeing Taker at Mania this year. I just don't, I don't see where he would fit. I don't see who he would work. Um, but I do see him for that reason alone, personal preference, I want to see a mania match that has so much hype that it almost outdoes whatever happens within the ring. But I don't see him wrestling more than one match. One more match.
1: I think that I think that you're right. I think that I can't let that crown jewel match be the last Undertaker match I've seen. No. I don't know if the WWE has the restraint to leave him off the card, though. I don't know. I don't see a fit for him for WrestleMania. I don't know who he would work. Um, I again, I I I, I don't know. There's not a lot of great appealing options at this point. No, but I, I I'm skeptical that the WWE would miss out on a chance to put him there. Because, you know, if you attach attach Undertaker's name to the show, even at his age and in this day and age, uh, it's still going to draw a crowd.
0: Oh, yeah. I agree with that. Um, So, in a um, theoretical world where um, the Undertaker's wrestling his last match, maybe they announce it's his last match or whatever. We just know going in that it's his last match. Um, Do you see it being anywhere else other than WrestleMania? No, it would be a disservice to his legacy if it was anywhere else. I agree. I just don't... It's the biggest stage WWE has is WrestleMania. It is, um, well, in my opinion, the greatest character in wrestling history, if anything else. Um, And he's so associated with WrestleMania, um, obviously, with the streak and stuff. So um, it wouldn't feel... It would feel very... Anywhere else, it wouldn't work the mystique of The Undertaker, um, just how he is. So I agree with you. I don't see it happening anywhere else, but mania. Um, you know, we've had a, well, we've talked about a lot of different things in this last couple of hours, just chatting. Um, do you confidently think after that, that is a good way to let people know who you are in terms of the way you look at wrestling?
1: I think I think I learned some stuff about myself, honestly. <laughs> I mean some I, I always like the sort of the rapid fire sort of you know, you get asked questions, question and answer type of thing because I think it really it really shows it really shows what you actually think. Like I didn't have to, I didn't have time to come up with answers. It's nothing nothing about this was contrived. It felt so natural and it felt real. Yeah. I, I definitely think that I I definitely think I, I gave a lot of insight. Uh I think I did pretty good.
0: <laughs> uh, 've done you've done really well i've been uh, I, was say like, so yeah. I, think I I think I did pretty <laughs> snazzy I,
1: yeah, no, I think that people are going to learn a lot about me from this, and uh, you know obviously if they ever have questions they're more than welcome to, to hit me up i'm always always down to talk wrestling as you know and as we, oh, yeah. you'll get to it. because this is, uh, we're going to be talking a lot of a lot of
0: pro graphs, and I'm looking forward to it. So to end this out, um, we talked about uh, quick fire kind of deal. I'm going to list a few different things to say give me the first word that comes into your brain when I say any oh, of these. Okay. Are you ready? The like game show now. Okay. alrighty Elimination chamber. Uh Goldberg. Hmm.
1: WCW, WCW Sting.
0: The NWO. Hogan. Hulk Hogan.
1: Yeah, Uh terrible. Hmm. At least, at least the person is terrible. Hulk Hogan itself, but that's that's a huge.
0: That's- there's a lot to discuss oh, yeah. there, but I am really sick of Hulk Hogan. Um, the
1: cruiserweight division, cruiserweight division, on the on the
0: rise. Um, let's see, NXT UK. Not where I want it to be yet. Tony Storm.
1: Fantastic.
0: Internet wrestling community. Mm. <laughs> just, <laughs>
1: just, just, just one word. Uh, just
0: a va- vast collection of opinions. And finally, Vince McMahon. Genius. Mm, I'm glad you said that because a lot of people, you bring up Vince and I think a lot of people tend to shit on Vince.
1: I think a lot of people would say out of touch or old man or, you know, doesn't know what he's talking about, but that would be
0: such a discredit to the last 40 years. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, sure. He's made some questionable decisions, but guess what? He's a human being and we all have. So like, that man knows what he's doing. He's obviously made WWE a global company. It is a brand. It, You know, you think yeah. if you say wrestling, the first thing you think of is WWE. No doubt in my mind. Everyone knows yeah. at least what WWE is if they don't know what pro wrestling is. They are an, an empire at this stage. Um, so I'm glad that you kind of said genius with Vince because I, I see him in the same light.
1: Man, yeah, he, the man made this, he, he made him, he made his company. Out of, out of, he built it from the ground up. Certainly rest, did. Rest, wrestling right now is as big as it's ever been, you could argue, and that's a direct testament to him.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, well, Kevin, this has been wonderful. Um, we will, now that Kevin is kind of a, he certainly he'll find his comfortability within podcasting. He's Obviously, as you can hear, he's very natural at talking um, in general, but especially about wrestling. Um, I love to talk. Oh, me too. I can talk people's ears off. Um, So, you know, what would be Kevin's number one,